Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. Today, my special guest is Dorothy Ibis. She's a senior lecturer here in the Environmental Science and Policy Program and Center for Geospatial Analysis, and she does some fantastic research on how green spaces promote healthy, sustainable lifestyles, not only in cities, but also across college campuses. Dorothy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about just last semester and this semester is mental health. So my first question to you would be, what is the importance of nature and engagement for mental health? Sure. Well, I, along with a really growing number of other researchers and educators, um, healthcare providers and outdoor professionals, believe that regular time spent in nature is absolutely essential to human health and flourishing. And that's because we evolved in nature. We evolved intimately connected to the natural world and its rhythms. And whether we consciously realize it or not, I believe that humans crave a deep connection with the natural world, just as we do with the important people in our lives. And decades of research has shown that spending time in and around nature reduces rumination, stress, anxiety, it helps us reset our minds after strenuous mental efforts like studying or computer work. Uh, it helps us concentrate better, be more efficient, more creative, and it improves our mood. Being outside is especially important for children. It helps to wire their brain for creativity, uh, provides them tools for self-regulation. And it's been shown that after spending a few days in a natural setting, your brain waves begin to mirror that slower rhythm of the natural world as if you're in a meditative state. And though often more is better, even a little time engaging with or connecting with nature helps. So in a study that we published last year, my William & Mary colleague, Kathy Forstall from psychology and I found that just 20 minutes in a campus outdoor space significantly improved mood among our students. Findings also suggest that students who spend more time outdoors on a regular basis are more resilient to certain stressors. So nature time is a preventative measure for mental illness. And, you know, there are innumerable ways to realize the benefits of uh, nature engagement, even indoors, even for people who can't get outside or don't have accessible spaces. So several studies have shown that just looking at images of nature lowers your blood pressure and your levels of cortisol, reduces stress and anxiety. Literally just having a plant around you when you study helps you concentrate, um, improves test scores, makes you feel more optimistic mm. and energetic. You just made me think about something. If if a photo is able to do that or a, a screenshot is able to do that, what are the other elements out there, literally and figuratively, that are contributing to this to this mental health piece? So, you know, looking at a photo is one thing that's the visual piece, but what else is outside that is making us feel better mentally? Well, it's all of the elements of nature that address all of our senses. So it's the sounds of nature. It's the feeling of the wind on your skin, the feeling of the sun on your face. The idea is when we're walking around in nature to really open your senses in every single way possible. And the more you do that, the more of the benefit you'll realize. So the visual sense is just one of those. Mm. You know, with that in mind, we, we hear the term ecotherapy thrown around a lot. And many of our listeners are probably not familiar with that. So what is, from your, from your point of view, what is ecotherapy? 
Sure. Um, and so there's not one definition of ecotherapy. You'll find many of them. But I think of ecotherapy as a holistic theory that human and environmental health and well-being is interconnected. It's also a set of practices aimed at intentionally developing a deep relationship with the natural world, primarily to facilitate personal, communal, and environmental health, healing, growth, and flourishing. And there are numerous modalities of ecotherapy. They include animal-assisted therapy, so just petting your dog, riding a horse, uh, looking at birds, horticultural therapy. This can include just planting some herbs, you know, working on a farm, indoor ecotherapy, eco-art, wilderness therapy, mindfulness-based practices, um, nature prescriptions like PARC-RX or NatureRx, forest bathing, and adventure therapy, among others. Now, one of the ways that I, I met you before I had met you was through your work with the Green Space Map. Could you talk about the Campus Green Space Map for a little bit? Sure. So the Campus Green Space Map is a project of the Parks Research Lab, which is the campus lab I direct on campus. So the Green Space Map is a series of 10 interactive web maps. They display the location and details of over 100 outdoor spaces on or near the William & Mary campus organized by activities that users perform every day. So studying, relaxing, eating also includes maps for some fun activities that will help people spend a little more time outdoors and get more of their daily nature dose. So there's a tree tour for campus. There's also a campus birding map and explore map, which is excellent um, if you have friends or, or family in town and you want to show them some of the iconic features on the William & Mary campus and spend some time outdoors. So this map is particularly relevant. We've been working on this in the Parks Lab literally for six years. It just happened to come out in the fall, <laughs> mid-pandemic. Um, mm. But this is a great resource for helping people to find ways to be socially distanced and safe outdoors um, during the pandemic and beyond. Now, you mentioned this daily nature dose. We have students who will spend hours in swim. We have students who will spend hours in the residence hall rooms. What can we do to help people get their daily nature dose? What can we do to motivate them or encourage them to do that? Well, there are innumerable ways to bring more nature into your life. I could go on probably for an hour with different <laughs> tips, but I have some pretty accessible, easy tips that people can integrate right away. So getting a house plant, name it, read to it, pay attention to it, put it on your desk so you can see it while you work. The more you engage with it um, and connect with it, the more benefit it's going to have. And some of us believe vice versa. Collect and surround yourself with natural elements. So flowers, get a pet fish, um, shells, rocks, feathers, get a water fountain so you can hear um, water, mm. play nature sounds while you study Fill your eyes and your surroundings with views of nature. So posters, paintings, tapestries, get a bird feeder or you can make one. Just cover a pine cone with some peanut butter and bird seed and hang it outside your window so you can attract birds. You can also study near a window with views of nature and with sunlight. Um, so just having sunlight on your body releases dopamine. So just being and just having a view of nature is beneficial for us. You know, when, when you have some sunlight, you know, or whenever you have a moment, just take a break and look at the plant on your desk, pay attention to it, look at it, look away from your screen, shut your eyes when you feel, you know, the sun coming on your face and just feel it for a moment. Just take a moment of mindfulness. You can do some things in your home, like 
purchase home decor and furniture made with, you know, sustainably harvested natural materials or decor that kind of emulates natural patterns and images, really avoiding plastics and chemicals and other synthetics, buying natural beauty and cleaning products or other ways to practice, you know, kind of ecotherapy, finding little doses of nature in your everyday life. So you could eat lunch outside. So, you know, a lot of these things that I like to be practical about it because I know we're all busy and we all have a lot, we have to cram into our lives. So it's all about finding these little bits of nature um, as much as possible without disrupting our lives and expecting people to be able to go camping for three weeks at a time. Have your morning coffee looking out a window. Mm. Take an evening stroll for, you know, 10, 15 minutes or in between study breaks, you know, just walk around the block and put down your screen and just pay attention to nature around you. One of my favorite things to tell students is as you're walking between classes, Um, Have a rule that you don't look at your phone when you're outside and instead pay attention to the nature around you, right? Especially now during this time of year, it's a really delightful practice to be looking at the tops of the trees. This is what I love and start to see the buds coming out. This is such a wonderful time to practice ecotherapy because you're watching the evolution of the seasons, right? Um, And you're part of that. And it's, it just feels like we're all coming into spring together with the rest of the natural world. As you're walking around, giving yourself a relief from screens, focus all of your senses on the nature around you. So listen to the birds, listen to the leaves blowing in the trees or crunching under your feet. Notice the colors, the intricate patterns of leaves and the branches against the blue sky and the clouds. Notice this kind of dancing patterns of light and shadows as you walk under trees across the campus pick up a leaf or a pine cone or a flower or some dirt and smell it. Like there's research that shows just smelling natural items makes you feel better to get larger doses of nature, you know, plan your vacations and your trips with friends and family at places that incorporate time in your favorite landscapes. So hiking and camping in the mountains or, you know, a cabin by the lake or going to the beach to try as much as possible, at least a few times a year to get a larger time in nature. And, you know, the research shows that three days is kind of the point at which you really start to have a very measurable change in your mental state, spending time in nature. Mm. That's just fantastic. Because I was thinking as you were saying that, that, you know, when I walk through like a pine forest, either with my eyes open or closed, just that, that, smell of those pine esters. It's just amazing what that does for the brain, but also for the soul and the spirit too. Uh, I love the way you phrase that. We do have students on campus and we have other listeners as well, and they tend to want to learn more before they do more. So if that were the case for somebody out there in in the airspace, what are some of the resources that they could turn to if they wanted to to learn a little bit more about um, nature engagement or ecotherapy in order to get involved? Well, I would tell, of course, students on campus to take my class if they can. I teach in the spring. It's called the Science and Experience of Ecotherapy. We go through uh, many of these modalities. We practice ecotherapy outside on campus spaces. Everybody can check out the webpage, our website, parksresearchlab.com. We have a lot of resources on there of things we're doing on campus. We're also a Parks Research Lab on Facebook, 
We also have Instagram. We have a new TikTok account. Um, you can also refer to some of the, the best literature in the field. So The Nature Fix by Florence Williams is a great book. Um, Your Brain on Nature by Selhub and Logan is an excellent book that has a lot of research, cites a lot of research in the field of ecotherapy, ecopsychology, et cetera. And check out any of the books by Richard Louvre, who is really one of the biggest names in this movement. He wrote the book Last Child in the Woods. Mm. He also has more recent books that are really excellent in this field. Uh, let me think, is there anything else? I think that's that's pretty much it. That's a good start. <laughs> And I noticed uh, when I was reading your description online, there's there's a mention of a podcast. Can you tell us a bit more about your podcast? I don't have a podcast particularly for this, but we do podcasts in my science communication class. And we also I'm also working with the Institute for Integrative Conservation on a podcast series. Our second series is going to come out next fall on women and conservation. And speaking of women, and you use the name Florence, I was thinking Florence Nightingale mm-hmm. with that whole belief from William Farr back in the 1800s of uh, that miasma theory where bad air caused disease. <laughs> and I think, you know, with all this stuff about good air that you've been talking about today, how important it is for us to to get ourselves up and outside, or at least like you said, just even look at something green, how important that is. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you today, Dorothy. Is there is there one tip that you would like to add to uh, just to to give our listeners out there like one thing that 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 they could be doing of, of all the takeaways they could have from today? What would be that one sort of takeaway you would hope they get? Well, I did want to mention one other thing, one other resource that's the campus green space map, and get a, a little more detail on how our campus community, really anyone on campus can utilize that to get their daily dose of nature. There is a series of maps, as I said. And so a couple of recommendations, um, take a friend and visit the places on the explore map or take the tree tour. During a nice day when you need to study, you can check out the study map and find a good place to be outdoors while still being productive. Mm. Um, You can pick a new trail to explore from the run and hike map. Um, you could explore local birds by visiting the sites on the birding map. You can find a green space on campus with a grill and have a nice socially distanced barbecue with your friends. What a great idea. <laughs> so there's lots of ways to utilize that resource. Um, but if I were to give people you know, one piece of advice, it would be to try to reduce your screen time and try to m- more mindfully connect with, engage with, appreciate the natural world. You know, as I said, perhaps when you're walking around, have a rule that you're, you're not looking at your phone when you're outdoors in nature. And instead you're paying attention to the natural world around you, breathing deeply, really getting into your body. We spend a lot of time in academia, very with our energy all up in our head. And I try to talk to my students about bringing that energy into the rest of your body and really experience Experiencing the natural world as kind of this embodied experience, right? Mm. And try to calm and settle the mind and slow down a little bit. And that that will have enormous benefits. And this does not require fitting extra things into your schedule. You know, there are so many ways to integrate nature into your life that aren't going to cost you more time or reduce your productivity, In fact, the more you can engage uh, with nature and the more you bring it into your life, the more productive and creative you're going to be. 
And, you know, you mentioned cost. Not only do they not cost us time, they also don't cost us money. Every, a lot of things that you mentioned mm-hmm. are free or practically free. So right. you've given us so many wonderful tips today that we can easily incorporate one or two of those automatically into our lives. So with that, I want everybody to take the time to either look at something outside or even better, get outside and get yourself into nature. We are living on this gorgeous big blue marble floating around in the universe, and we should all take advantage of that. Dorothy, it has been fantastic. It's been just amazing chatting with you. I hope we get to have you back soon. So thank you again. Please take care. Stay safe. Stay well. Thanks so much, Eric. Look forward to talking with you again. And I would like to thank our sponsor, United Healthcare, for the support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Brittany Emmons, Colin Cross, Jenny Helmendaller, Ben Heath, Daria Moody, and myself, Eric Garrison.